0: So, good evening. It's last night here, huh? Tomorrow, are you? Tomorrow, you tomorrow we stay. What time? Do we leave early? No. Uh, Wednesday. No. no,
1: Wednesday. Oh. Okay, Day after. Okay, not tomorrow.
0: Okay, tomorrow. tomorrow we're here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> we
1: were
0: cooking lunch. Oh, nice. Nice. Tomorrow. Today's a codicil? Tomorrow. Tomorrow's a codicil, yeah. Okay. right so any questions
1: I have a question uh, about faith Shratha and and it's uh, its power uh, of course this in spiritual life uh, shraddha is very crucial and we are saying that uh, suspicion uh, leads to sus- suspension but also Krishna in must Verse of seventh chapter. He is saying that Ashadaya uh, that uh, the those activities, activities like like uh, hutam, uh, sacrifices, austerities, and uh, charities, are not bringing any fruits, or they are false, if they are uh, done without without faith. But it, it indicates that actually the, the reality is very subjective and it is created by by the mind through the power of of Shraddha. so uh, someone can challenge us uh, that uh, that we that all mystical experiences of god is because of uh, strength of the faith not that God really Not that it objectively
0: exists, uh-huh.
1: because uh, yeah, Krishna also saying Bhagavad Gita, Shatru uh, mayam ayam purusha that we are built of faith, mm-hmm. and Bhakti Raksak Maharaj uh, is saying that spiritual war is the land of faith. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it seems like like faith is, is everything ghost <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I understand. So
1: how, it. so how we can, because someone can challenge us, you know, in mm-hmm. this way, that, okay, mm-hmm. you believe in God, because for you, because of your s- mm-hmm. strong faith, for you, the God exists. Right, you I understand. You can experience him.
0: But it's not uh, a, but so It's so not an objective reality. Not
1: objective reality.
0: Right, yeah. So how yeah. we can... How we can answer that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that, first of all, um, while the Gita talks about faith, it talks about different kinds of faith, of course, also. Faith in different modes of nature... And so, all faith is, is not the same. Um, and um, <coughs> and divine faith, of course, in the Gita, Krishna talks about faith within the modes of nature in the Bhagavatam in a parallel verse when he speaks in the Uddhava. He speaks about faith in, in Thomas, Rajas, Sattva, and Transcendental Faith. Sattva being faith in the Atma there. And uh, Transcendental Faith being faith in me, he says, in divine faith. So... Uh, <coughs> So there's a larger <laughs> that's it, there, there there's a larger argument that we should get to as far as objective versus subjective. When uh, what makes objective more real than the subjective necessarily, but but that aside for the moment. See we maybe we come back to that. Um, the, the faith that we're talking about in Krishna is something that comes from outside of ourself. In other words, we may have faith in general that there's more to life, uh, that maybe even the idea that there's God, it, 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 we hear about it, let's say Krishna, we hear about it from saintly persons. Hmm? So it's something that we come in contact with. Someone has it. Hmm? We come in touch with it. We're, we're affected by it, Right? Mm-hmm. And so, where's the beginning of that? Mm-hmm. Um, we're believing in something. We have, well, let's say we have faith in something that someone else is, says they're experiencing, and they have symptoms which, which uh, would lead us to believe that. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe those those symptoms and their faith is just a subjective experience that's arising out of the uh, the, the subconscious, or, or, or whatever, in causing the effects, and so on and so forth. That's the argument, right? Mm-hmm. But then, w- w- question that comes to mind is that w- well, where does their faith come from? And be- to begin with, I mean, who made up Krishna mm-hmm. and all these things? So, <laughs> you know, you can say some people made it up a long time ago, and but it, you know, all, all these texts are are. No one can find an author to them. You you can only speculate about that. So, so, um, so to to say that it's that it's it's all made up. Well, that's just a conjecture. Hmm? Okay, um, and that's a conjecture not based on having the experience either. Someone else has the experience, and they're they're reporting it. Another person has this experience. They're reporting it. It's a subjective experience, but this intersubjectivity, intersubjective experiences that correspond added together don't make it necessarily an objective truth but they but they lend credibility to the subjective experiences which are cons- which are consistent. Hmm? Um, still, whatever, if we if we say that perhaps hmm, what you're saying is true, in other words you go into, you close down the mind, let's say, in meditation. Mm-hmm. You're able to still the mind, and then you have exp- experiences of consciousness that you're interpreting to be spiritual, eternal, so on and so forth. But they're really only states of the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a movie, I saw part of it once, I don't know the name of it, on an airplane, and it was about. Uh, I don't know what it was about, but it, well, the, the end of it was, it was this lady scientist was in the spaceship and taking off to go into you know another planet or something like that, mm-hmm. and then the the, the the plane never took off. Hmm? But but she had all these experiences and she met her father or something in some other land and it was very profound and so. But everybody's watching the plane. The, the, the ship never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. Hmm? So, objectively speaking, it appeared only to be her subjective experience, but she wouldn't let go of it. Hmm? She wouldn't, and then there were arguments, you know, about along these lines, the, the way the way that you're asking, and then the question comes to what's more real, the subjective experience or the objective experience? Is there, or the subjective or the objective? And then is there anything other than really the subjective? Is everything that is objective? everything, only subjective. In other yeah. words, your own sense of what's subjective is the f- subjective filter through which you're, yeah. you're looking at it. So there's a, there's a good argument to be made for the subjective having more power and uh, being more real than the objective, and the objective being something that, that can't be accessed. Accessed. Hmm? You can't get, let's say, what is the aus- Outer world of matter, you can't get at it because you always have this subjective filter. Even Kant made an argument. Immanuel Kant made an argument like that, mm-hmm. and um, so. But that said, even if we were to say yes, okay, but you, of course you're saying that based on not having the experience. I go into meditation, and I experience that I'm eternal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What? Am, how am I going to explain that to you? I can say you know, I'm eternal. I experience that I'm eternal. I mean that's just a, you know, okay, (laughs) you know, unless you, but if you, but if you have the experience, then you, you, you say beforehand that the, it's an interpretation that you have of it that's not real, Hmm? but now, if you have the experience, we see consistently people have the experience, they have the same interpretation, Hmm? so you're making a, you're, you're interpreting something. I saw that Sam Harris once made an argument that we, we met this yogi. We, you know, he thought he was having all these experiences, and we put all these things on his head, and he really didn't know what was going on. In other words, what was going on was this neuron was firing, and that neuron was firing. That and that was all that was happening, because that was all that he could see. Mm-hmm. Hmm? But I would say, no, Sam, you don't know what was going on. Hmm? You're seeing something that, that's happening. And concluding that that's all there is because you have a premise to begin with that it's all physical. Hmm? Therefore, everything you interpret is only there, there can't be anything, there, there's nothing beyond the physical. So, when you ever find a physical cause, you accept that's the ultimate cause and there's nothing beyond that. Hmm? Um, just because certain things are firing in the brain when you're ha- experiencing your Atma doesn't mean that the experience of the Atma is just firing in the brain. Hmm? That's, that's, a, that's a consequence of experiencing it your, your, your body's going to react in a certain way just like ecstatic the symptoms they're going to appear in the body and, um, so, but but um, if for the sake of argument you say, okay, so maybe all the whole God experience of every sadhu and everything like that is, is really only a subjective experience and the power of the mind it's the power of the mind and With the power of the mind, you put faith in this argument, and, and 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 because of that conviction, that's what you experience. And and we're going to interpret the Buddha, Christ, and Chaitanya, Rumi, everybody like that. That's pretty presumptuous, hmm? uh, to to begin with. Um, when you know you don't know very much about the mind, and you haven't been able to control the mind like they have, it's fairly presumptuous to say that you know what their experience is hmm? when you can't even stop control your mind for 15 minutes hmm? but you know more about the mind and have reduced it to the brain that's your conjecture so that's your subjective faith and belief right but even if it were true hmm? that it was just a subjective experience why does that make it any less desirable or any less meaningful if, as a result, this subjective experience, hmm? you become compassionate for all people, you control your mind and your senses, I mean, you solved all the political problems, you solved all the all the, the hunger problem, you know, you, 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 you solved the psychological problem, I mean, so it's still desirable. Hmm?
1: Although it is an illusion. <laughs>
0: well, it's a, it's a subjective experience. But, but but your but but the other man has faith in another way, the one who's making that argument, and that's his subjective experience also. Hmm? Where is the objective? That's kind of the bigger the bigger argument. Is there an objective? Hmm? We say that there's an objective world but it's like a sea of like potentialities or something like that. In conjunction with will, it becomes they, they, they become a, they become manifest. Hmm. Um, so you say, well, it's only an illusion. Hmm. Well, sure, okay, if you want to say that. But my illusion is better than than your illusion. It's not that you're not an illusion. You only have a subjective belief in something also. Well, you can say I I, I subjectively believe and I. I don't believe anything that I don't, can't verify objectively but that's just not true like I said often you can't verify that you exist objectively in the way that you experience yourself but your whole life is based on that so really this whole argument for object objective third-person objective verifiable truth it is only uh, gained uh, traction um, because of the practical results it's produced hmm, that in some ways have helped humanity to retire other suspicious ideas hmm, but um, um, all it really amounts to in one sense is understanding something about how matter works. It's 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 not understanding matter. It's like understanding if I press here and I press here I get this. Hmm, that's interesting. Having gotten this, I could do this. Then, if I press here and here, I get this. And take this, I can do this. But that doesn't constitute understanding what you're exploring. It's understanding how it it, it works, and it's so vast the the, the exploration of, of, of matter that um, our position is you'll never arise at a, at an understanding, of it that by which you you've captured it in the fist of your intellect. But anyway, I mean, the, the fact or the idea that meditative experience is only a subjective experience and actually you die. Actually you're going to die. Hmm? That's the reality. And they're not gonna, there's not going not gonna to be anything left. That's a theory. That's a belief. That's a subjective mm-hmm. faith that someone may have. Hmm? And I say it's still, uh, it's still more desirable. Hmm? Than sense gratification, which you, you have, we have exe- objective evidence that it's not satisfying, <laughs> no matter how much you do it. Just you have a favorite record, favorite song. Listen to it for two days, 24 hours straight. You'll hate it. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, I've said it before. So then that's, that's the way it is with all with anything. With sex, with food. You like pakoras, you know. Eat Here, eat them. for them first. I like beans. I'm getting tired of them. You know. <laughs> You <laughs> know, for so many days, right? So uh, it's just uh, so we know objectively hmm, that pursuing happiness, that that, that that the idea that happiness constitutes gratifying the senses and, and the mind, we experience it all the time. It's it's not, it's it's not true. We can, we think we can keep changing the variety. We'll be all right. Hmm? Here we found something that you can. It, it works. It satisfies you, hmm? and there's no. I mean, if a, if a guy's sitting in a cave for thirty years, you think he's 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 got something pretty good going on,
1: <laughs>
0: and he's not he's not tired of it, you know. So yeah, so if you say but still he has to die, he thinks he's eternal, but he's not. So what? <laughs> he's still happier than you are. Still a better person than you are, hmm? so it's uh, it's 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 a kind of a silly argument in a sense.
1: Actually, I ask this question because I sometimes I'm not sure why uh, such statements that spiritual activities performed without faith, not bringing any result, and even chanting is offensive, and there is no no, shaka, no? that's This one of the offenses so it, it will be indicate that this is only faith which is doing everything and without this uh, ingredients <laughs> nothing works <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well
1: so faith is al- always subject
0: Krishna says person is his faith right So it's the animating principle as I sometimes say in life Mm-hmm.
1: So maybe uh, the, the question is if the faith has some limits to create a reality. Because like uh, Bhakti Rakshashtra Maharaj said that there is uh, ultimate subjective reality.
0: But we don't say, at the same time, yeah, that's true, but we don't say that if someone has no faith in Archon, hmm, I mean, let's say a, a dog comes to the, you know, to the Kirtan she's the deity, takes prasadam, doesn't have faith in it. Is there no benefit? There are there there are srup Bhakti, archan uh, hearing chanting, are said to have an effect even if you don't have faith. Hmm? Oh well, yeah. Or it creates bhakti, some scars. It has a, it has an effect. Hmm? It has an effect. So I mean, there is srupshakti shakti has power. It cre- it creates faith. So that's it's doing something without faith. If faith isn't there in the first place it causes faith and then faith fosters it. So it's not that it's a product of faith in that sense Faith it creates faith. Hmm? Doubt is like, well, I guess absence of, of knowing you could also start to equate faith with knowledge removal of doubt. Hmm? So when knowledge comes, doubt is uh, dissipated and hmm? we call it faith. Hmm. So so in that sense there's something objective to faith. faith. Bhakti creates faith. It's hmm? so not that faith creates bhakti. And then that faith fosters the bhakti. Hmm? yeah what else yeah
1: i have also a question because you always uh, often saying that we are using our mind to soften the heart hmm. it s- it seems that there are different realms, realms so because this is emotions and this is thinking and it seems sometimes just opposite one one is, is head person or one is more emotional so could you
0: well, what I mean by that is that if we use our head to, for example, understand the teaching, Krishna says, understanding the Gita, that's gyan yogya so the sacrifice of gyan, hmm? and that is recommended, right? And so, if we if we engage in that, um, that activity, gathering sambandha gyan, then that's only as useful. As having gained it with our head, we use that understanding and knowledge to apply ourselves, which requires the heart. So the heart requires applying oneself. So you can think about it, and then you can proceed, right? Hmm? And and then realization is forthcoming. So the value of the theoretical knowledge is as much as it corners us, and. Uh, and forces us to be honest and and makes it difficult for us not to apply ourselves according to the especially if we start speaking it to others we hear ourselves saying it we think maybe I should be doing it <laughs> so the uh, so knowledge theoretical knowledge can conform our actions mm, which will bear the fruit so we should use our head in that way not just to keep it in the head but let the insights go into the heart, in terms of application of the teaching. Mm-hmm. Take it to heart, so to speak. Apply yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. What else?
1: <laughs> also, uh, one more question. Uh, because uh, in fact, you are concentrating also to develop a lot for for the for the girl, for the center. But also, we have. Love. We are sharing love with other devotees. Uh, And what about a love for ourselves? Because some spiritual teachers, I'm reading different books now, and they saying that before loving others, we must first love ourselves. There is not possible to love others without loving self.
0: I think what they what they mean by that is they're talking about having a healthy psychological ego. I mean, I don't know the industrial society in the world has got a lot of people really um, psychologically um, with a with a you know you can I mean I don't know all the causes of it, but I I would think that the family unit is different now than it used to be. It's not as wholesome. As people are separated by by thousands of miles, things are going very f- much faster. They're more they're more distanced from the natural world, less grounded, and and so forth. Kind of a weird, you know, species, if you will. Um, and there's a kind of an angst, and this whole industrial revolution is like separated humanity from the rest of nature. Hmm. There it is, kind of stranded there, and weird thinking, you know philosophizing itself away in some instances and, and so on and so forth so there, there's all kinds of um, um, psychological um, issues that that people um, suffer from and so I think a lot of those kind of statements are about um, becoming more psychologically healthy hmm? and uh, then being in a better position to to love somebody else because if you are not psychologically whole in yourself then you're going to look at other people to fix you and that they're going to just be seen as objects to fix you hmm, rather than seeing them for what they are hmm, which which uh, is a whole different uh, picture. picture then you're in a better position to love or care about them—that's why renunciation is a step in the direction of of loving, because it's a bit of stepping back from taking hmm, and seeing the world as just objects for you to enjoy. And then you see it more for what it is, and of course, to whom it belongs, and so on and so forth. So I think those kind of statements are more along those lines. Uh, and there's a lot of also the Dalai Lama is said to have said. I read it somewhere. He just couldn't understand the self-loathing of the Western mind. Self-loathing, like I'm, I'm bad. I'm, I'm not good. I'm, I'm not enough. And, and all this kind of uh, thinking, where where someone would say, you know, you need to love yourself, right? Because mm-hmm. you're, you're hating yourself. You're thinking you're bad, and it could come from any number of things. But it's psychological, from your upbringing, maybe from even the church said you were bad, mm-hmm. because you did this and. Uh, and or your parents or, or whatever, but he couldn't understand it. Hmm? He's just like, why are they feeling like? So apparently, you know, in Tibet, <laughs> it's a very you know different environment and so forth, and it wasn't something that he, you know, came came, came in contact with. Hmm? So I think it's some type of a modern psychological phenomenon, and there there's some sense to it. Of course, you know. We would say, love yourself on on a higher level would be to actually um, know what the self is and and pursue it and and uh, you know dis, dis deconstruct the the, the 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 false identity. But as I said earlier, in some respects, it's good to make it healthy in order to do that because it's just, it's a real. It's a real challenge. If you don't have a healthy sense psychologically of yourself, you may be um, hindered in your ability to take up the practices. Hmm? Um, So to tender to that to some extent is is useful. And and I I say in, in a very broad, broad sense, Varn Ashram was about that. Also, having a psychological balance by being engaged according to your natural propensities, by being associated in community with people of like-minded, the suitors would live together, the brahmas would live together. They had like-minded people, and this was all for making for a healthy, I would say, balanced uh, kind of psychology from which then you could you could uh, be in a better position to pursue the the goal. But that's all, um, you know there's not the Varnashram society so but but there's a place for being having psychological balance mm-hmm. i mean obviously it sounds very um, to love yourself sounds kind of un, uh, you know kind of selfish but i don't think they mean it in a in a selfish way hmm, right yeah they don't mean it like that hmm?
1: I mean they just Saying that we should accept what we are, with all our mistakes, and because sometimes people they live in the sense of guilt, they cannot forgive themselves what they did, and therefore maybe they hate themselves. Yeah. So what what is our what should be our Vaishnava perspective? Because
0: well, Krishna is very forgiving. (laughs) Krishna is very forgiving, very kind to his devotees. And there's not much use in. There's a healthy sense of remorse, and then there's a sense of remorse which becomes neurotic and is 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 uh, counterproductive. Hmm. Um, so, you know, one has to find a balance between that. Hmm. What's healthy remorse, and like you know, okay, what's my reality? It, 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 it's it's practically no talk where it emphasizes the true beauty is understanding your your eligibility. Hmm. So if you understand my eligibility is not to be a, uh, a monk, and my eligibility is that you know, I have, a, I have some faith in bhakti, some understanding of the scripture, I find it to be an ideal that I identify with, I like some of the practices I can do them, some of them consistently and so forth, um, but um, um, I have other desires that's the whole idea of swanista. you know, you, these terms came up of, of, of Bhakti, uh, Baladeva Dhabhusvan, Svanistha, Parinistha, Nirapeksha so swanista, in the broad sense means you have your own nishtha. Hmm? you're driven more by your own convictions your own desires hmm? and so rather than rather than you added Bhakti to your life but you're still plugged into the world trying to Figure yourself out, make yourself somebody, um, grow yourself, and and you're you're really still in the karmic world, hmm, so to speak, hmm? and um, and you know that's not a bad thing. Let's take, but 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 it's but it's you can't say I'm uh, 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 you're you're different than a party whose whose parinista who body is paris, is full. Hmm? and is really not interested in the world. Hmm? Is maybe a householder in the world with no interest in it. Let's take it like this. Here's a householder, him and his wife, they're in the world, hmm? and they're just doing their work because it needs to be done to support the family, hmm? but um, uh, beyond their basic maintenance, which they, which they, min- they minimize, Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 don't have to work so hard in the world because they don't need that much mm-hmm. or they work just according to what what they need and extra funds they give for Vaishnavism and so forth and for entertainment at night they have artik and Bhagavatam discourses and, and this is how they're really living their life hmm um, that's different than I'm living in the world. Hmm? I have faith in bhakti, and and I'm pursuing the world. <laughs> I have my own interests that I'm really pursuing. And but now, you know, then you have your nearer picture, who's 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 just just a renunciate or just living under the guru, just doing whatever the guru says. That you know, there you go. There's a, a renunciate. Uh, uh, could even be a couple, hmm? but uh, the, the, the Bhagavatam has a has a idea like that. Uh, uh, what is it? Grihastha uh, brahmacharis. Hmm. So, um, um, so Bhak, you know, again, bhakti has this power, but I mean, you know, you can't like stretch it out. You know, bhakti is going to consume everything I do because I'm a devotee. No, Bhakti is not going to consume that. Pretty much, that Bhakti can consume or digest your your need for a relationship, mm-hmm. your need for uh, offspring. Mm-hmm. Can that di- can di- can digest it? But I mean, like, how far you want to go with that, right? No, so. But then, okay. So here you have th- three types of devotees: near a picture But the beauty of it, of course, is that the Swanista is included like if you like the beautiful statement of 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 um, if you understand what it is the beautiful statement of Pramod Puri Marsh was when he was told um, of course it wasn't accurate what they were saying and the way, what the way they intended it or meant it but some of his disciples said that uh, some of Shama Shudarmar's disciples after he passed away said Shudarmar said that Puri Marsh is a kanishthadikarri why should we listen to him hmm? well the context in which he said that what he was explaining it doesn't doesn't uh, translate out to what they were how they were intending it but when puri marj heard it he said oh Sri has said has given me some adikar that i have some eligibility for bhakti and oh he was very pleased hmm. so he understood what bhakti is what prema is he understood what the goal was and therefore to be a member he was encouraged, he didn't feel bad that he was, that he was, and, and if you start feeling bad because I say that you're a swanishta hmm? and I was thinking I was a, at, least a, at least a parinishta or, or near a picture you know? <laughs> well, you know, it's good to know who you are and it and, and, and what the path you're on, and it's glorious whatever way you're on it, and then if, if you know where you're really at then you, you don't have false expectations either hmm? Because if you think you're a nirapeksha and you're a svaniṣṭha, hmm, and you're not getting the results of the nirapeksha, then you think it's not working. Then you become discouraged. If we understand, well, you we aren't going to get the results of the nirapeksha swa- as a svaniṣṭha, then you can okay, then it, then it makes sense. So it's important to know where you're at. And, and, you know, bhakti is generous to in, to include us. Hmm. And, and again, wh- what's, what's the goal? It's, it is very, very high. Hmm? So to to have my ideal is to be become a Gopian in in in, in Well, that's a great ideal, and, and that's in in one sense we should judge a person by their ideal, as Sri said, because they will become. Hmm? But you know where they are at the present is is as important as, as the ideal and understanding it and applying myself hmm? and be happy. Hmm? You know and and, and and in in a healthy way on. Un- unhappy, hmm? Honest, knowing that I, 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 you know, I wish I could do more or something, you know, but I'm not going to um, um, beat myself up over it and be and 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 then cause a further other damage, <laughs> so to speak. Hmm? The purifying power of bhakti, apply yourself that much more. Hmm? So forth, so. So yeah. The Bible says, "Love your neighbor like yourself." So I guess you're supposed to love yourself. <laughs> and we do. <laughs> we do. Uh, we do love ourselves. Right? I suppose, in one sense.
1: Again, no longer understand some statements <laughs> like "you should have Maharaj." of abnegation self-negation. that I am not I'm like... Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, without a healthy psychology, that that can that could be um, taken in a way that uh, is uh, counterproductive. Hmm. So, therefore, the, the emphasis on having a balanced psychology is is. Uh, is important. Mm-hmm. We, we 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 kind of explain it as the closer you get to the infinite, the more finite-like you feel. So, how great he is, um, and so forth. But we find the people that are you know making those kind of statements, someone like Shida Marsh and so forth. They were healthy people. How they had healthy psychology. They weren't. They weren't beating themselves up and saying, I guess I'm not qualified to practice. Hmm? It's, a, it's a natural feeling of making progress that you have that. Hmm? <laughs> it's an encouragement. Hmm? When someone, one devotee said to him once, well, what if you really feel that you're really not making any progress? And he said, really? Hmm? Wow. <laughs> I, uh, I bow down to you. you really feeling it. So it's kind of interesting because what the, 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 the Upanishads say: those who say they know Brahman don't know Brahman; those who say they don't know Brahman, they know Brahman. So there's a kind of like a positive agnosticism. I don't know, but. <laughs> hmm. I mean, that's such as Brahman, mm. but to speak of Krishna, hmm? it's, it's, it's not, not, not a small journey that we're on here. <laughs> it's very, very, very elevated. So to be anywhere along the path is good and have a good guide, hmm? mm. faith in our guide and so forth and, and, to, and, and to like. You know, you have to be able to hear a lecture about renunciation and be motivated by it, but at the same time, understand your own eligibility and apply yourself accordingly. And uh, it seems like If people have previous life experiences, and so forth, um, uh, something to be said about people like born in India, a lot of people have some scars for these, this kind of thing. They can hear a lecture like that, be inspired, and not think I am going to, I should give up my wife today, that's what it means, you know. Yeah. They, 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 they have their duty, they know, oh yes, but, uh, that's true, oh, it's so, wow, that's and you're doing that, wow, therefore I should worship you you're saying i can't do that now but but i have to regard you and and uh, and this is where i'm at you know i'm a householder and what are the duties of the householder like in Barnashram, the householder has has duties now we think someone may think i'm a devotee if i want to give a donation i can but i don't have to but in the Barnashram, householders have to give donations why because it's understood that what a householder life is, is taking from the world. Hmm? The Vaanaprastha is not taking, the Brahmachari is not taking, the Sannyasi is not taking, the householder is taking. Hmm? Now you have gotta pay for the taking. Hmm? It's not free. You think it's free, but it's not free. So if you don't pay in this life by the prescribed method, well you're gonna pay in the next life, and you're gonna have a big bill because you haven't been paying your bill for a long time and it's going to it's going to wipe you out (laughs) so therefore built into Varnashram for the householder is this principle of giving and you know I think there's like five different people you have to you know ways you have to give and so on and so forth so the same thing applies within Vaishnavism you can be a householder Hmm? Hmm? you don't have to give to the five different whatever it is but 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 like Prabhupada used to say to the householders, would, after cooking lunch, they have to go outside and call it Prasad. Anybody? When I was household, that's what I used to do. I lived in an apartment in Los Angeles. <laughs> Prashad, anybody? You know, but most of the time I ate at the temple. So then, you know, and I was going on Sand But whenever there was anything cooked in the house, that's what I, I took it literally. Hmm. Once I invited Prabhupada over for lunch to my house. Oh, did he come? No, they wouldn't let him come. <laughs> They wouldn't let. They wouldn't ask. Him. I want. I said, "Householder is supposed to ask." I want to invite Prabhupada. Oh, he's too busy. Who do you think you are? I said, "I'm Mr. disciple You know, <laughs> he says, "This is what you're supposed to do." But I think if they had said, he would have come. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, so it's the it's it's the duty of the householder to give. Mm-hmm. It's the law, mm-hmm. so to speak. Even, even within within they their householders okay, but they're they're supposed to give. Mm-hmm. It's not like maybe I'll give, maybe I won't give. <laughs> no, it's not like that. Hmm? That's where where you're at and that's that and you're supposed to, to take fun in that, you know, take joy in that. Hmm? And, and and this is because because it's what you believe in. And you you want to see it flourish. Hmm? And if you think, well I'll give, but I want to make sure Gurdav is spending it right, you know. <laughs> well Bhakti Siddhanta said I will throw money in the Ganges to spread Krishna consciousness. Hmm. Don't worry about where it's going. You know the famous story. Some sannyasis were going and collecting and Tirta Maharaj, who was Kunjababa at the time, had taken sannyas, was the manager of Gaudiya Math. So the money was being given to him. They were collecting the sannyasis and they were giving him the money. Hmm. And he was supposed to be spending in Krishna consciousness, but they found out that he was sending some of the money home to his family. Hmm some portion. And so, they complained to Bhaktisiddhādanta and they put Sridhar forward to make the complaint. So he went to, to Guru Maharaj and, and sheepishly registered the complaint and Bhakti Saraswati Thakrādhākura told him, your business, in this context, was your business is to collect money. That's all. Hmm? I will throw money in the Ganga to spread Krishna consciousness. So he knew Tirtha Maharaj was doing that, but he was using him and and for for a service that compensated in his own mind for it, because Tirtha was managing the whole mission, hmm? and there wouldn't have been a mission without Thir, without Kunchibharya Das, who became Bhaktivedanta Tirtha. Of course, you couldn't just have him; you had to have Bhakti Sadanta. Hmm? Bhakti Sadanta was an inspirational, Brahminical type of person, but he wasn't an organizer.
1: Hmm?
0: And Kunchi came and thought, this this man's this Sadhu's kata, that should be organized and turned into a movement and so he did that and he managed and turned the whole thing into a movement and all. it was a big, 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 big service. He was very dear to Bhakti Saraswati before that um, but he wasn't perfect and Bhaktisiddhātta knew but he told the sannyāsīst, your business is just to give the money <laughs> they say, you know You know, Gurudev seems, seems like he's only interested in money. <laughs> Some people say Gurudev seems only interested in money. <laughs> you can only say that if you're only interested in money. <laughs> if you're not interested in money, then why not? What's the problem with giving it? <laughs> one thinks others to be like oneself. Gurudev seems only interested in money. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're the one that's interested in the money. you keeping it. If you weren't interested, then you'd give it. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, and he knows it's part of you. Mm. What's he using it for? Mm.
1: If you lose the faith after many years of practicing. If what? If you
0: lose the faith. If you lose faith after many years of practicing. After, yeah, after, what does it mean? Well, it could be any number of reasons why that happens. It depends what your faith was like in the first place how deep it was, how well reasoned it was, how how much you were applying yourself, whether you committed offenses, there, there could be any any number of reasons. Um, but I can tell you something, all kinds of things happened to me in the course of my life that um, that I saw that for others it caused them to lose their faith but it didn't cause me to lose my faith. So, I think largely it's it's an understanding of what you're doing. Hmm, what it is. and. How deep your faith is to begin with. So there is a stage of what bhakti, what Rupa Goswami refers to as komal shraddha, tender or weak faith. So weak faith that that could be. That, it could be one of the one of the ways in which weak faith komal shraddha can be um, lost, if you will, is by other arguments. Hmm. So like for example. I know some of my my god-brothers and god-sisters, they've heard certain things from Prabhupada, basic teachings, you're not the body, uh, my body is, my body is is not the right reading of the texts, or whatever, vegetarian, and so forth. Mm -hmm. Krishna's God, and some basic, but you know, good teachings, and that's what they they understood. And then uh, over time, well, Prabhupada left. So, their faith and conviction was very much being held up by his presence, and in his absence that was a big gap that, that, that they couldn't comp- their faith was not capable of compensating for. And unfortunately, they invested it in other persons, perhaps, who proved to be Un- unworthy of it or un- 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 in- incapable of living up to the what was expected of them and so th- this was a problem for them hmm? rather than seeking someone else to repose the faith in, so to speak, that kind of a figure they gave up or aside from that they heard, some of them heard other arguments hmm? that they would never really heard before they were young people they joined They learned you're not the body. And they thought this was the absolute truth. Later, in Prabhupada's absence, they heard other teachings like Buddhism. Hmm? Oh, well, that's interesting. Hmm? Hmm. Or they heard, uh, you know, Radhisthanga Yoga. Or they heard some New Age spiritual propaganda. Hmm? And they weren't grounded enough in the philosophy, which is a symptom of the Komal Shraddha, to deal with the arguments. One of the symptoms of Komal Shutter or Tender Faith is that other arguments can come and the faith can be covered over. Hmm? Hmm. So that's characteristic of that kind of faith. Hmm? And so they grew up a little bit, they heard other arguments and and they were disenfranchised to one extent or another from their practices by worldly circumstances that came to bear in their lives, that earlier in their lives into twenty-year-olds didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Now they had kids, and and then the kids needed to go to school, and and then this happened, and that happened, and uh, the 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 the, the uh, mission wasn't uh, providing for them in in, in their forties as it did in their thirties, and for different reasons, and and uh, so, but and then they heard other things, and then they, I mean, I met, I I know. People who were gurus in ISKCON hmm, whose faith was so tender that in due course they became influenced by New Age spirituality hmm, and imbibed that and started to preach about that. I think that, that was, I mean, which is, you know, some of the New Age stuff is, is useful and stuff, but I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like it's, they didn't have the arguments, they didn't know So that's a symptom of, of tender faith. Mm. you know firm faith is another thing than nishta mm. that's going to be difficult to break so in the, before you arrive there then you know it's a it's a tender thing it's it's it's, it's like a plant you know sometimes that, that that's given the, the vine or the creeper mm. so in the early stages you know it's it's more subject to wilting mm. but if it gets it holds on strong and grows up then that has life. Mm-hmm. The losing of faith could be a part of our progress? Pardon me? Losing of faith could be a part of our progress or not? Part of your progress? Yes,
1: part of the progress.
0: That well, it could more be. More. It could more. be. It it could be. And then you come back and re-examine. and mm-hmm. mm, That's possible. There is, a, there is the idea. Typically, the idea of Komal Shraddha is that it can be over... Overwhelmed at times, but it will come back. Hmm? That's typically the way it's way it's written about. In hmm? as much as we say Bhakti has is uh, Nirgun, and so if you consider faith in Bhakti, the beginning of Bhakti, you're still at the beginning. Faith is tender; it may be covered over for some time, and then come back. So it's possible that you could look at it in that way. The covering over was an opportunity that presented itself in due course to strengthen the faith, mm. so it's possible.
1: It's interesting that on in the beginning everyone is very inspired to do bhakti. Yeah. Not only in the bhakti tradition, I read this Mirabai star about the uh, Christian monks. They are also on the beginning very fascinating. And um, prayers, chantings are very vital. And then the test comes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. how we should see this test?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's not a cheap thing. So uh, there's there there's this there's a what is the term that Vishvanatha uses for the beginners? Oh, Utsahmai. So there's there's a utzah, uh, uh, beginner's enthusiasm. Hmm?
1: There's also taste. For Krishna this is some kind
0: of Yeah, he may give some taste in the beginning, that's true. Hmm? He may give some taste, but he doesn't give Bhava very easily. So he doesn't give some taste and then then, then you know it's there. Hmm? So then you have to per, then you have to persevere through. You still have to, taste is not going to be there and consistent. Mm-hmm. If your practice is not consistent. Hmm? Mm-hmm. And um, and if you ha- if you have not up- uprooted other other desires it's not going to be consistent so it's graceful of, of nam to give some taste in the beginning to confirm to you beyond the philosophy itself and the logic of it that that, that such a thing exists so now if you want it hmm, there's things that you have to do you have to uproot over here hmm, and and pursue consistently, and pay attention, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll ideally not be distracted from it. So then, it, then in due course, it will become consistent. That's the teaching. So hmm. fortunately, we, that that we have that written down. <laughs> Should give that to beginners, <laughs> so, so that their initial enthusiasm will be tempered. Hmm by, the, by, by the, or will, will not be uh, misunderstood when it comes to the fact that uh, that they realize it's a uh, they say it's a long haul and taste is not consistent. The reason why the taste is not there's a reason why the taste is not consistent. They hmm. have to understand that. Yeah. It said that Bob is not given easily. It's rare be, to to retain because you have to go through Nishta Asakti, ruchi, asakti, to get it, and even when you get to asakti, Krishna doesn't give it readily. Mm-hmm. He wants to be controlled by his devotee, but he wants—he doesn't he wants to make sure you're a devotee.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, we'll stop
0: there. See, see, dājigapalaki dāy, premanandi.